I don't know if I like this angle. Hi, my name's Sean Taylor, and that guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter and book review fame. That's right. We got free books in the mail because Chris wrote somebody an email, and that worked out pretty good for us. And speaking of books, we're going to talk about a book kind of sort of today. Uh, but first, it's been a while since I talked to Chris. It's been like three weeks. Uh, because you know, I just kind of like... I just kind of like up and left life for like a while, but we planned it. You know, we planned ahead. And, uh, but yeah, it's been a while. So, Chris, how you doing? What have you been up to? It has been a while since we talked. Like, even since, like, I feel like it's been a while since we just messaged each other. I mean, I mean we haven't messaged each other as much as we usually because you've been off doing whatever stuff. Off the grid. And when I say off the grid, yeah. I mean still in the United States. Which is I kind of forget is a thing down there, but there you know what that's a mixed reception down there to the idea that they are the United States mixed reception for good reason because they did they get the memo they I think I think there's still so uh, Puerto Rico does not have uh, 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 all of our uh, participatory rights and such, but they are part of the United States and subject to our federal regulations. And that is a weird mix. And there are some weird feelings about that and about gringos. There's a lot of signs everywhere that say gringos go home. Now, to be fair, I don't think oh, that means wow. I like not, not like billboards, like a lot of graffiti. Ooh, you have but, to experience racism, Sean? Uh, it's about my turn. I think, right. I think as a, <laughs> as a very average wh- white male, imagine, imagine like a CEO in, in a company, like I want to go to Puerto Rico to get my diversity training. <laughs> Gotta know what racism feels like. Uh, so, so to be fair, he comes back and he's woke as heck. He's like, Oh my God. God. Chris, yes. is this how you feel? Like all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Ow! That's terrible. Uh, no, so no, I didn't experience any outward racism. Money. Uh, first of all, my wife and I are only like half gringos because we speak half Spanish. Second of all, I think, and it, hey, if you know something about this, this is good, uh, good cultural education opportunity for me. You could teach me. I think those that that sort of vibe is more about like uh, Americans going to Puerto Rico very easily and say buying a bunch of real estate and turning it into airbnbs or kind of buying up like the tourist op like instead of puerto ricans profiting off of you know puerto rico tourism and opportunities there's a lot of wealthier contiguous united like continental united states americans so i think it sounds like hawaii again it I mean, that's pretty good comp, I think, right? Uh, I don't know a lot about it. I don't want to pretend to be educated, but I think that's where that kind of um, – But I, I don't want to call it racism because it's not so much racism as like an actual cultural statement. But I think that's yeah. what that's pointing I don't think they're upset at me. for, <laughs> And even me and Heather, we, we make a conscientious effort. I don't like tourists. If you're a tourist, that's fine. We were technically tourists. I don't like groups of tourists or touristy things. I just want to go to other countries and eat food. And that's that's mm, all yeah. I want to do. It's not another country I know. That's just generic saying. That's all I want to do. Yeah. We go out of our way to pick like just random Airbnbs in the middle of town that are just by a bunch of like towny restaurants where we can just walk and eat food. And that's my whole vacation. And that was perfect. So I would like to think that we're contributing 
to to indigenous Puerto Rican economy. But I don't want to like paint too bright a light on it either. Either way, yeah. it was a great time though. But I was gone for a very long time, and uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be here. That was my week. My my week is just uh, a week. Um, nothing much happened. I'm back in the swing of things when it comes to action figure repainting. I took a bit of a break. I'm back in it, doing a Mr. Freeze. Nothing anyone cares. It's okay. Um, but that's pretty much my week. Today is my son's birthday. So that's oh, big. nice. Yeah, is August is both. He sits. He's six years old. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, it is crazy. Hey, and I care about your Mr. Freeze. And I just talked to my friend today who he painted me uh, on a magic card, like Magic the Gathering. He painted like a little, mm-hmm. it was a card where somebody's like levitating in the air. And so he like, like himself, like just modded, painted a little air. Uh, oh my goodness. I can't even think an air ball underneath him. Uh, so that it was like an avatar magic card. Um, and I told him he needed to do another one with you because there's a card in Magic the Gathering that's an older card that, like, notoriously the internet says looks like Zuko. So he's going to go dig up that card and try to and try to Zuko it up a little bit, and then I that's will fine. deliver I'll that card. That. So card modding is, like, a, I would imagine some parallel to oh, action figure modding, right? It's a parallel there. Yeah. Right? Oh, um, that sounds cool. See, yeah, I can't. Like, I used to be somewhat decent at art. Not that great at it. But, like, when I see people, like, do fan art, I'm like, man, that's really cool. And they, you know, put their own spin on it. Like, that's what I do when it comes to, like, action figures. Like, I do my character design through a 3D physical medium rather than 2D. Uh, his So, the airball, for example, it wasn't, you know, like, all that elaborate. And it was a really good fit. I think it's more about... Mm-hmm like not so much that he's like a great painter so much as like picking a card that looks like a good opportunity, yeah. right? Like finding the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing uh, right now. I'm, I want to buy this, probably buy another action figure. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? That can make a great, just make these changes and the changes here. I could potentially make a great figure, but yeah. So that candidate search is probably not even half of that might be more than half the battle even, but I've never it done is, either. Yeah. So I do not know. Right now, I'm kind of looking up trying to do this this character called Bronze Tiger, and I hate most of his looks in the comic books. I don't like really much of his char- character designs. So I'm going to take, like, Magma things. And I'm like, oh, my son has this, like, Black Panther action figure that he never plays with, and I'm going to steal it, and he's not going to know. And he's not going to notice, so I can take, if we're going to be honest. So I can take the head off of here and do something with it. He he will only notice when it's least convenient to you. If the, if he is gonna yeah. notice, it will be like when you're halfway through tearing its head off. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when that will happen. Uh, well, congratulations to your son to surviving six years of life, <laughs> six prime years in American history. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot happened in the six years. He's had a wild start. Um, And uh, hey, uh, on the topic of of comic books, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier, and this isn't really important for a podcast, but I just got to note that I'm not thrilled with Harley Quinn season three so far, which, you know, maybe other people are like, yeah, me either. What big deal? But you have to understand in context that I was enamored 
with especially season one, mostly season two. And now season three is just not doing it for me, and I'm a little disappointed. I need to catch up. I only have watched one episode. Um, <laughs> you, I, I'm pretty sure you loved it more than I did. Um, season one of the Harley Quinn show is one of my favorite animated show seasons of any type. Um, mm. I love it. Season two, not quite as much, but still fully engaged. Chris, season yeah. f- season three, episode three or four, it gets this pretty like weirder, like more far out farther out there uh-huh. even than it has been in like episodes three, four, five. And that's part of what turns me off. Like they're trying real hard. Maybe. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but anyway, I to, that's, I've been watching, I, I rewatch all of, I rewatch all of community and uh, to me, community is like the best. Oh, I had a question related to community and avatar that I meant to bring up. Good. I'll bring it up. Remind me, bring it up in like after this small tangent. Okay. Um, I do think Community is like probably the best TV show to watch in the background. It's really, it it's, is. it's like still really, really entertaining just doing something else. Like, sometimes I watch Scrubs in the background, it's just, it doesn't hit as hard. And it sounds like, I don't know if, if, if that's a diss at Community or a diss at Scrubs or a diss at anyone or it just is what it is. You could take it. Really... Either, I think. You know, there's there's an art to watching TV in the background, and what community makes good is like, if you tune away and then you tune back in for a minute, like you're gonna be fine. It's not that it doesn't all blend together; it's not all important, but you're still gonna be entertained if you if you jump out and then you jump back in. You're still gonna yeah. be entertained, and you can call it like simple or less deep or whatever. And that's fine, but there's like there's a place for that, a big place in my house in particular. I'm constantly in the background. Very important to me. Uh, Chris, give me your season order, community. Putting you on the spot. Give me your season order. Ooh, season order. Okay. I, I will also Good give you mine. Question. I won't kill you. I'm going to go with uh, top season. Mm. Man, top season two. Then season one. Then season three season four even though they say season four is a gastric season i don't care still take season four over. and then season season six and i think season five is my least favorite season actually we we are super close i was gonna say two one three i'm gonna say five it is tough. Four, five, six, or five, four, six. Six is definitely my least favorite. Four and five. It's that's I get that. Yeah. Uh, the, but the thing with six is that it has like two of my, and it's only like ten episodes long or something. Season six, it's like ten or eleven episodes. Yeah, long. Two of them are like my favorite episodes in the entire show. Like the one where mm. they do the karate kid, the the school play. Yeah. That might be a top three. <laughs> oh that might be a top three episode for me of all time. And Jack is like an actual good actor. He <laughs> is. And the speech that the other guy gives, help me out with his name, Manzukis? Uh, Yeah, Jason Manzukis. The yeah. speech that he gives him when he's like explaining to Annie why he's being so hard on Ken Jong yeah. is one of my favorite moments 
in television. And he like describes the whole movie Karate Kid in a way that I had never even considered the movie Karate Kid. Karate Kid is about what is it? Vietnam you War think vet? this is about Ooh. Daniel Russo? <laughs> it's it's incredible. So it hurts yeah. me to put six at the bottom, but really like four, five, six, I kind of lumped together. One, two, three, I kind of lumped together. I think we're very close. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say two, those, two or three. Depending on how I feel and if I think about yeah. hard enough, those last three, I think are, uh, wait, no, five and I, I still definitely take four over five or six. Four uh, is, is weird, but if you just pluck it out and you put it in and you watch it, it's a, it's a good season. Uh, what's yeah, the name of the Marvel guys actually, that did that? Um, I don't so know. I didn't. Starts with the F. The Marvel guys that produced season four. Uh, um, the the Russo brothers. Russo. Oh, not an F at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think they. Some, someone else from Marvel, but the Russo brothers directed a bunch of episodes, but I don't think they were show running. Uh, anything. Just a kid. I think they were universe. show running season four. Or someone else. Um, but uh, I still like season four. I actually think, for some reason, this time around, I bought the Troy and Britta romance way more than okay. I did previously. Like, at first, I was like, oh, this is like Rachel and Joey got together, which was a weird thing. But no, I bought it more this time around. And uh, that was probably like the, the biggest, weirdest change with season four. Um, outside of just Dan Harmon not being there, you can tell Dan Harmon's not there. Like, it just feels a little little fabricated almost but it's it's still really good it doesn't feel as as like as easy flowing as dan Harmon's comedy tends to yeah yeah Yeah, uh, for some reason i think season five was just like missing so much troy just troy is such a great character troy and abed as a pairing is so integral to me that is that alone is enough reason to divide Four, five, six. Oh, yeah, I from told you. Like when I watch when I watched that finale, if he left, not it wasn't a finale. Was it season four he left, or was it in midway through season? Mid I think it was like season five was four. Mid season four. Mid season four. Okay. Like I teared up at the end of there. That was a really great. That was so hard. Other than the like, fact that you see him get on a boat with what's his name, Levar Burton. That's pretty cool. Levar Burton. But I'm still in tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It was really great. Like anyway. No, I I always oh. I always preface that yes, six is my least favorite season, but also you still have to watch it because there are one or two just absolute gems, absolute dimes in there. But yeah. a great great background TV, you know what? It doesn't have to absorb all your attention. That's not its purpose. Um, but my question is, which is somewhat related to it's, it's, a it's definitely related to Avatar, time. definitely related to Community. And it's related to our subject today is like, so Sean, in movies or in TV, what is your favorite found family? As in like a group of people who aren't blood related, but who are so close, they consider themselves family. So with Avatar, it could be Team Avatar. It could be uh, with community, people community, Guardians of the Galaxy, that type of, of, of story or that type of group of people within a story. This this question touches my heart. Chris, if you think about all of my favorite media, it's all found family or like ensemble comedies. Like that stuff is always my favorite stuff, period. Yeah. End of story. My gut, 
my gut jumps to Harry Potter, but I don't think that's my favorite found mm. family. I think that's just my mm-hmm. favorite media. I don't think that's my favorite oh, yeah. found family. So I'm going to yeah. look over here. Part of that fa- I, feel like, I feel like in part of that family is like a whole family. Part of that like, family yeah, like literally Harry, is like, a family. That's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in Harry, like, yeah, Harry is part of the Weasleys, and so is Hermione, especially after she had to erase her parents. Well, they, of well her. they both literally get married into the family, too. So then yes. at some point, yeah. it's all a Weasley family. Yeah, like, so that's not a good yeah, answer. Yeah. So I'm going to think yeah. a little harder here. Community is a great okay. answer, especially that OG crew. Yeah, um, I, my answer, I give, think, might Give me yours be... while, I, while I mull this over, because this is an important question for me. I love ensemble <laughs> comedies. I think it probably is community, especially just the way they came together. Like, they don't match. They really Not even don't. a bit. And they all... <laughs> and they all evolved from, from episode to episode, and they all each have a different connection with each individual person that's unique to that relation that's unique to those two people out of the sits. Like it's, that's really interesting that like Troy has a different relationship with the five other members of the group. Abed has a different relationship with the five members of the group, but it, it's so different. And, and then, and it's also the family's weird. It's dysfunctional. <laughs> it's so dysfunctional. I love it. Yeah. Eat it up. But they always, come back to each other unless Chevy Chase goes on like a racist rant and then they go, but that's not important. He, <laughs> they ended it within the show of community within that group. They never permanently broke up. Chevy Chase just died. Not Chevy Chase. Pierce just died. And Troy had to leave to become his own man. And uh, yeah, I think it's community. Um, you know, an avatar. I think the, Team Avatar is a really good found family because, you know, you got Katara who's, who, yeah, she comes off as motherly, but she's she's more dynamic than that, especially with, like, Toph. Like, that, you know, we talked about the conversation before that Toph has with, with Sokka on the, like, ledge and Katara hears her. She talks about how, like, Katara, like, cares about her. Katara, Katara cares about Toph more than her own family does. And, like, that's, like, real love. Um... So that that's a really good found family. Uh, what else is a really good? So I think what I, I mean. I'm going back to community. I think that's it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to think of something other than community or either mm-hmm. team avatar. I'm going to say the OG team avatar is a more amusing found family to me, but it would be a toss up. So those three are good. But I'm looking at my shelf and it's like I see friends. That's a found family, but like that's still like that's still six white grown up New Yorkers. Like the, you don't have the, yeah. the diversity of people or relationships. And, and for some reason, I don't feel like friends went through adversity with each other. Like they were all. Re- I feel like from episode one, they were pretty much like mostly. Like, I mean, yeah, there's and they were like they all, yeah. Um. Big Bang, um, I see Big Bang Theory up there, ooh. which again I I sort of enjoy, but you're still talking about a group of nerds, all like like so. What do I, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine? That's kind of a cool found family. Yeah. Um, with well, maybe oh, a, definitely with with Holtz, with Hole and Kevin. When being, those like, guys come along, he, uh, that gets them, great. Sometimes he calls them his dads. 
Uh, uh, I know that's my favorite part. Jake, uh, what the hell is his name? I can't even think of his name. Jake Peralta? Yeah, but, oh, his, but his real Samberg. name, yeah. He, yeah. Andy Samberg. He just has such a genuineness about him that is very endearing. Um, and then there's my favorite video game. One of my favorite things about my favorite video game um, is that that found family. It's it's very video game tropey, uh, but it doesn't try too much or doesn't try too hard. Like it all, they all just fit together. And that's my my Dragon Quest Eight found family. That's your main cast mm-hmm. of that one. And a lot of games will either will either try way too hard to like stuff your your cast of characters together or not try hard at all and it'll just be like hey you're the warriors of light and you're together. uh dragon quest 8 it it felt very organic in the story in a way that i always liked so uh, but no chris i don't i can't think of a better thing that i would rather watch or pay attention to than again that og community cast even with pierce like that's part of the yeah, no, that's part like, of the family. Yeah, yeah you I'm need not, that. Yeah. Well, you don't need it, but that was part of what makes it endearing is that they all oh, put you, up with this racist old uh, character that's oddly yeah. a lot like Chevy Chase. <laughs> not that Chevy Chase yeah. is racist. I don't know that. Uh, I, I would not. I would not eliminate Pierce from that family. He he's part of it. He makes it what it is. Kind of a nez. Uh, he's he better than Buzz. No offense, Buzz. Who's Buzz? Right, the is that season four? The the teacher guy that has the duck drawings that tries oh, to punish. Abba? You know what? I I liked him. I'm I'm not pro Buzz. I'm I'm not big. I okay. like the old IT guy better in the last season than I did like oh, Buzz. Keith, Keith David is a legend. He is like he has one of the best voices. I tried to imitate his voice earlier his today, voice like in the car, and golden. I cannot I cannot get to it. Like it's like a like it's it's like, silky. It is, but it also has this like vibration to it. Like if I had to describe like how I talk, and I was like, this is like, but it's like, but it's not a grovel. Oh, it's the, a vibrato. It's no, different. It's not a grovel. It's, it's a vibrato. A, yeah, it's only like I didn't. Oh, the my name is like it's. There's something in there that's like hey, when he's giving the baby growling. bird skit during the. Karate, uh, karate Kid episode and talking to the bird. Oh, it touches my heart. But no, I, I don't love Buzz. I was ready to... Buzz is a dick to his kid and he's a dick to Abed and he's a shitty artist. Oh, Abed deserved. Yeah. Abed like, did kind of deserve. Yeah. Hey, how long have we been talking? Uh, 20 minutes about community. Yeah. That's no, true. but the last topic had to do with Avatar. No, that I was a good tie. And you know what, Avatar, and I don't, I don't know if I can pick between it. If you, if you really twisted my arm, I'd say Community, Team Aang, Team, Team Korra, in that order. But I'd be pretty unhappy that I had to pick an order. Yeah. Uh, well, when I think about anime, Sound Family, uh, look, Yu Yu Hakusho has like a brotherhood almost. And that one I really enjoy because like characters hate each other, and if, in fact they've they're like mortal enemies at a certain point. Somebody got mad at me uh, at a video game swap meet the like just a couple days ago because I told them that Yu Yu Hakusho didn't really like catch on with me. Like I thought we were having a nice conversation. He like got legit mad at me. <laughs> like in the <laughs> you cannot call yourself a fan of anime. I was like, first of all, I didn't. If you don't like Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, uh, before it turned into a public tirade. 
Uh, nice guy. Big I wish, I could meet, I wish I could meet these people. Big UU uh, Hakusho defender. Um, interesting guy. But was no, he, he is a nice guy, but interesting conversation. Just curious. Was he black? Nope. Um, he was uh, a smidge older than us. Like he said, he was 35, and it kind of hit him at a younger time than it would me, obviously, uh, coming to the show late. Um, I just, we were there's this. I have this theory that a higher percent of black anime fans love Yu Yu Hakusho than white anime fans. And I don't know why that is. But I've seen so much love for Yu Yu Hakusho by like black anime fans and not as much by white anime fans. You're just a just regular curious, just a but, regular white nerd, but right one one thing does not a sample size uh make, yeah. so your theory could still be true. If I was popular enough on Twitter, I would put out a poll, but I know the poll would get like four votes and it would do nothing for, wouldn't be statistically sound. Yeah. Um, well, and I would, I, I don't know how else to put it other than like, I wonder what your ratio, like on Twitter of what your followers um, demographically would be like. Yeah. I have no true. idea. But anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey. Let's, let's, hey, speaking of, speaking of touchy subjects. <laughs> You Hakusho <laughs> defenders, parents not loving their kids. Chris, tell us what you got in mind for this little episode. So today we're doing a what if episode of what if Kyoshi's parents loved her. Yeah. <laughs> Here, uh, I imagine like every time I come up with a video concept and I think about how does the uh, thumbnail look and in my head, it's a picture of Kyoshi with a single tear drop down. If I if I can find a way within my realm of abilities, which is very limited, to put a tear drop by Kyoshi's face, I'll like talk. I'll copy last week's thumbnail. Where it's like a fifty fifty kind of angle yeah. split. Yeah. On the right side, I'll put the book, and then I'll just put a tear, a big one, under her eye. I'll, I can make that happen. Um, and so, and what I mean by this, because it's kind of a so we we both. If you read the Kyoshi novels, uh, we learn that Kyoshi is an orphan and her parents were like <clears throat> bandits, essentially. Uh, there's a better way to describe it. And they just dropped Kyoshi off in Yokono, I think Yokono Island or village or whatever it is. Yeah, it was a village, not an island. Uh, village and dropped off. Didn't, didn't raise or anything. I think she was probably about five maybe i don't remember that exactly i know she was eight when she was first found by kelsung um or something around there uh but what if they loved her and didn't drop her off but kept raising her just a smidge more context because i think it's important her parents so which one was an airbender mom yes mom was an airbender her name was jessa Basically, sacrificed her bending abilities to be a convict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a nicer, right, so much to the point. way to say it, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. In the type of person that she was. But listen, yeah. they made a choice, and that's fine. All right. Uh, well, yeah, Chris, why don't you get us started, and we'll so, we'll get the snowball mm-hmm. rolling. All right. So, if they never dropped her off, I'm not sure they will stop. Well, let me let me backtrack to 
first want to get into the mindset of why they did let go. Why did they abandon Kyoshi? Because they raised... I think it's very important to say that they did abandon her because of the squad. And I'm going to be adamant about that because I think it's going to inform my response to the next steps. Was that the squad's like, you can't care for a baby and be in squad. Now, I'm not sure that's the case because they raised Lek. Like, well, he wasn't a baby. They probably found him, I think, when he was like eight or something. But they raised him as if he was their own. But he already had some utility and he had no other choice, right? Like, he was already. That's, yeah, that could be true. So, in my head, they either dropped off Kyoshi for two reasons abandoned Kyoshi, not drop him. Like, here you go. Uh, yes, yes, so you're Kyoshi putting it very too. nicely. <laughs> like, yeah. No, 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 no. We they didn't get her up for off. adoption. We, we just, sat her we on drop her off at like a We dropped her off on a prolonged camp. <laughs> and and <laughs> we'll, indefi- it was indefinite. We'll, indefinite we'll vacation we're is what we call it. Yeah. Permanent uh, babysitters. So, <laughs> Random village folk who don't give a crap about her. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna um, love her, but they're not. But also, oops, too late. Yeah, oopsie. The note that they left uh, said, "No takesies, backsies." <laughs> um, so t- We'll cut the baby in half. Uh, you know, let's travel down one and let's travel down the other. I like the, I like the idea. So I hadn't considered that they knew, like, actually when you said like that, Hey, if, what if they had known she, somehow she was the avatar really hadn't considered that uh, whatsoever. I thought you were just going to say, and I like what you said much better. I thought you were just going to say, you know, like, Hey, this is a kid that we don't want to be a criminal, which they kind of sort of allude to a little bit in the book is like, Hey, we just want this kid to like have a normal life. Uh, but I hadn't actually considered like, what if, you know, she's an airbender, her mom's an airbender and her dad is an earthbender. And so they were, uh, attuned to some degree to the world of bending. What if there was some keys or some giveaway that's like, Holy crap, this might be the avatar. We definitely can't watch this kid. 
had not considered that. So I would love to at least, I would love to at least go down that road. And then if we have the energy to do so, we'll go down the other one. But now we're saying they're terrible people, but they're not dropping her off, but they're roughly terrible people. <laughs> so they're going to keep the baby with them and still try to be on a squad. Well, and they were the type of people that that was like, a, like, all right, you know, we got her. And that could easily be like, so uh, uh, if I'm getting too close to like like a like a silly trope here or something, but especially in a family that like didn't have means, like listen, we don't have time for all this like magical shenanigans. Like we got to put food on the table and go rob this rich person. You know, like don't need this kind of extra attention on us, on the crew, on yourself. We just if you can develop your abilities to become a good criminal, that'd be sick. That's easy enough to... They've got, yeah, I was going to say, they've got the Avatar on their team now. Like, okay, <laughs> we can work with this. I'm going to go out and say that would be a pretty useful thing to have in a group of, of bandits. <laughs> It's been a while. I, no, I, I'm not even going to try. I cannot remember their names. He was like 200 years old or something crazy.
It's not good. I think in this case we're talking about them being relatively bad people. I think they're just thinking about the about the skill, right? About we got the avatar. Listen, kid, we're <laughs> kids, we're not making career suggestions here. That's not what we're trying to do. But in the context It's not career day. Don't write this down. Yeah, but now Lek doesn't get the love he deserves and he becomes, wait for it, the villain in this story? That's probably not going to work out. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have wouldn't have great enough motivation to be the villain. Um, okay, but here's why I like this. Okay, well, I was gonna say, uh, how far down can how far down can we skip? Like, let's say that they're they're an incredibly successful band of crooks. They know she's the avatar. She's doing great. All four elements getting some amount of training. She figured out a little bit of fire on her own, and she's getting some training. They're doing great, but there is an opportunity here for like a sick climax uh like a sick conflict climax of holy crap i'm the avatar and this other thing that's happening over here like somebody actually has to take care of it and maybe like there's a somewhere in here there's like a conscience conflict thing where she like maybe still kind of turns out to be the avatar like despite all of the other stuff like just out of because what you said is that they're all still relatively like decent humans you know there's not violent rapists and arsonists and thinking that they're just robbing people to survive. Uh, and so I think there's opportunity for her to develop a conscience and still solve the primary conflict. Yeah, still did its thing. Yellow jackets. <laughs> he that's that's like a legit politician there, man. He had Yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about, absolutely. <laughs> Just played that game yesterday, man. I'm I'm with it. I 
I mean, I'll have nightmares about that for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's better somehow. It's, it's great. I want uh, I want the the ageless one involved also in this. Like he feels like the type that like yeah he's an assassin for like a greater good kind of cause, but to like kick or conch like he didn't kill people just for fun. Like he thinks it's the right thing to do in a greater good way. So I feel like he can be involved in like kicking her in the pants, maybe kicking her towards like hey those past lives are talking to you. Might try to listen to those guys at some point, like some old wise man shit like that. Ooh, as I say, Kelsong throws in another loop for sure. <laughs> Not yet. That regional, whatever that role was, it was like a provincial uh, head, whatever the ki whatever the kid was that they, yeah, that guy. I think that's fair.
No, Ian's fat in my head, too. I know which one you're talking about. I don't know if they explicitly said it, if we're just bad people. I don't know. He's a big, jolly guy. Yeah, like, implied that he was the largest member of the opera. Partially your fault. But we could contrive a reason that Kelsong was hurt. Kelsong goes to the spirit world because they're still like, where the hell is the avatar? Maybe I can find some over here. Like we could, we could plant a reason. Sort of just of a disposal kind of murder is what I would describe it as. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> the, the rewrite didn't work out so good for you. <laughs> but you know what this reminds me of, though, is like the, the X-Men quote. And it's not from X-Men or the idea is not. But like that Days of Future Past quote where the idea of like even like throwing a rock in a river, even if you disrupt time a little bit, like it's going to find its way back anyway like the stream's still going to find its way around it like sort of implying that you could try to change the past but what was going to happen is probably going to happen anyway and that's kind of where we're arriving ish here to some degree like we're we're suggesting like hey we think kiyoshi would find her way mostly back to some some form of avatarhood oh she'd be such a badass avatar with a criminal background too Like, she basically, like, yeah, she agreed to their little contract or whatever, and she's like, yep, no problem. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's probably time for me to reread. It's been a while. You know, maybe in this, well, no, okay, no. I was going to say maybe her mom, like, drags out what little airbending skill she has. But even if her mom didn't know airbending anymore or didn't have the skill, she could still pass on some semblance of airbending and spiritual guidance. You can still, I mean, it'd be like an old person retiring from a sport and then coaching, right? Like, you still can coach and teach and guide. I see. I would like to say I don't think it's going to impact our end result, but I would still like a like I said some old man wisdom to pitch in here from from the uh, I forget the ageless one's name. I but I don't think it's going to impact the 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 sort of ends of where we're headed here. But I could see him just being like, "Listen, I've seen like three avatars in my life, and all of them talked about you know listening to these past lives, and that might be a good idea, something like that." Because he's been around. and then this this old guy who you just think is an old crook but like really is like no he's well he's an old crook but he's also an old assassin and somehow that's not better but but let's no but he thinks that he's doing the right thing like he's not setting out to be an evil murderer he's a he's a No, he he's a I, I think it's the like the epitome of the greater good, whereas like we may not agree with the methods, but the idea is that he's like, I'm willing to make these sacrifices because I think it's for for the betterment of mankind. Like he he's trying to be a good person in a pretty extreme way. So he seems like a good place where he could get a a a, a, a directional kick in the pants, even if you don't want to listen to his murderous specifics. I like Flash in the state. Ooh.
her her first little avatar state flash right and that kind of inspires some of the other conversations she has about her responsibility and duty and all that crap but it's just a flash and and, and in that time she just absolutely like kind of accidentally just disposes of Jianju somehow you know just quick avatar state whips him a mile away up against a rock face and somehow he barely survives because he's a crafty bender or whatever and then he's in disbelief and she's in disbelief and they go their separate ways and he's like holy shit that was the avatar <laughs> but just that real quick flash like like uh ang and the ang and the one where the earthbender guy uh what the heck is that guy's name general Feng, fong Feng, fong tries to like get it out of him but it's that that kind of quick like Avatar State, major destruction. Somebody talks him down, right? Mom or dad talk talks her down, and then they run away. And then John Ju's like, "Shit." What if Zoo's like a like a superficial like they're trying to convince everybody that he is the Avatar, right? Because they don't want to look stupid, like they haven't found the Avatar yet, and so they got Zoo under this pressure. Wait, am I thinking of the wrong name? What's the what's the other boy's name that they kill, or that they send the spirit? I'm thinking of the wrong name. the The boy that they send to the spirit world only comes back in the next book. Yoon, thank you. He's like their he's like their fake avatar. I think they would I think they would want not want to admit that they have like, you know, fifteen years of like not knowing who the avatar is. So the whole time they just like got this avatar, it's like, look, he's handsome, he's a gifted bender, we're just not ready to like turn him loose in the world yet. And like maybe Yoon kinda knows, but they keep propping him up, but they know that he's not either. It's a weird conflict for him. They just got it. They're propping it up and dragging it out longer in this scenario, I think. Because you don't want to be wrong about something like that. Yeah, that's fine. And then he sees this other person go into the Avatar state. Oh. So him and Jonju get injured. Um, and they're both great. <laughs> they're both almost a match. You know, the way that Kel Sung seemed closer to Kyoshi... And Jianju seem closer to Yoon makes sense because both Yoon Yoon wants to go find them because he wants to kill Kyoshi because he's like this person took everything from me almost like my birthright. And then Jianju wants to go back and find him because Jianju wants Jianju uh, wants the Avatar. He wants a kit trainer and stuff. But they're both have seen Kyoshi go into the Avatar state and completely demolish them wreck them up where they get they need like at least two weeks or a week or so of of just healing 
So yeah, so that I think that makes sense. I think it'll make for a good moment of just imagining you looking up, like just the facial emotional spectrum that he would go on. Like first it's awe, then it's like realization of wait, wait a minute, and then it's anger and resentment. Um, yeah, like a roller coaster. Like that kid just—I wasted my whole life riding around with these clowns. Yeah, yeah. I've trained like I am the Avatar. Like, come on. Um, uh, I actually low-key really like that. He would live, yeah. longer. Also, in that case, live in quotes. Spoiler alert. I guess that could yeah. be about the same amount of time. That's fine. But he would go a long time. Well, longer without ever having to met Kyoshi and trying to decide himself, like, pretty sure I'm not actually the Avatar, but they keep telling everybody I am uh, because yeah. he hadn't met Kyoshi yet. Well, then he didn't. When even when Kyoshi, they thought that it could have been Kyoshi, he was still, like, positive, but you can tell it was kind of like that false, like... Uh, he he was so positive towards Kyoshi because I think he legit still thought he was the Avatar, but when he found out she wasn't, it it probably hurt him a lot so imagine. now you have this person who is a thief <laughs> like he's been raised she's by Jianju. yeah she is absolutely nothing the scum of the earth he doesn't deserve to lick the bottom of his boot like he's he has he's on this type of high horse this the, uh, the training yeah. the background the origins she has nothing yeah the abuse that he went to went through because you know Gianji was, you know, board one thing is training, and so you know training back then was like borderline abuse, uh, especially with like Heron and and so I think they hinted at it a little, not like I think they hinted at it in in the in the novel. That's yeah, I would say there's some amount there that's likely. Yeah, it it probably at least feels like abuse, you know, to to him. But <laughs> like you're being trained in a physical. <clears throat> A physical uh, art of fighting, like it's gonna feel like some type of form of abuse. Like, yeah, uh, not to say that's to be expected, but I think it was fairly hinted at. I agree. No. Um. So yeah. So, Jianju and Yoon are recuperating, uh, and the flying opera company still has to deal with the Daofei and Zhu. And I think that part of the story goes on fairly similar to like what happened in the book. Probably and, some uh, lingering the... like different kind of moral conflicts in there, and is she's trying to reconcile yeah. with their spiritual self. But what actually happens relatively unchanged. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like Lao Ji is like, hey, some people need to be killed. That guy there, he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, and then she, one, that's one of my favorite moments, probably one of my top 10 moments mm. in the whole series when she goes into Avatar State and fights uh, Ju. Mm. I like just the way they describe it. She lifts him up in a funnel. He breathes fire at her. She just swallows it and she like pretty much suffocates him, I think, and then let him drop to the earth about like four stories up. It's, it's a very becoming. Uh... Kyoshi murder story. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere Lounge is just like, nice. Yeah. Um, My work here is done. And, yeah, I think so. But I dig uh, it. So no, then, I like that a whole lot. 
So then, in fact, I don't know why I said she was 15. They can be the same age as they were, essentially, in the I Jewish don't remember novels. what Doesn't age really they matter. were. <laughs> I, they were, like, 17. Could be 15, yeah. could be 5, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so things probably... So they settle down after Jews killed. They're probably hiding out. And she's walking with Lek just the same way that she was before. And this time, he's still... Dang, does he still die? Why am I killing yeah. the same people? The only thing again? I can't think of is that in this in this example, Yoon was still alive. But Yoon could still be alive and then kill Jonju, but it wouldn't set up the next novel the same way. No, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I think Yoon... And yeah, let me let me keep going down. I think Yoon and Jianju are still together, and they're both like, we gotta go find the Avatar. But they're both like that for two different reasons, right? Yoon is like, I need to find the Avatar to kill her, and Jianju's like, I need to find the Avatar so I can train her and get her away from these thieves, send her on the right path, and then kill her if she's not into it. <laughs> find the next one. Maybe he's a tough uh, guy. He probably can. He probably. He probably can't afford. I don't think he can afford to do that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't. Because the it. whole world, yeah, that, that, like you got to go a whole another fifteen years without an avatar. Like the Earth Kingdom was already like sort of in shambles, like with so many theory. So things happen kind of similar ways. Uh, they probably kidnap. They kidnap Rongi before. Oh, poor Rongi. She's not in the story at all. Um. <laughs> We don't get to have those good. Maybe in the sequel. I don't know. Anyway, um, so uh, Jianju and Yoon track down Kyoshi. They probably kill Lek just because that's a very dramatic. Because they're serious. Yeah, they don't. Give a crap. He should they're have been standing people. there, you know. <laughs> yeah, and um, and Kyoshi's parents. Like, Kyoshi's parents are still alive, so they're still... Her mother's not that great at airbending. Her father's probably decent at earthbending. Um, and they gotta go up against Jianju and Yoon, who are both probably the two best earthbenders in the world. Uh, they already killed the big guy. There's a waterbending girl. I think she gets incapacitated real quickly in the fight. Uh, Kyoshi will probably... Lose. Avatar State. Avatar State. No, no, I think... Uh, yeah. I think Kyoshi, Avatar State's... I think... Like, I feel like Jonju can still die. I don't know how to reconcile Yoon for the next story, but... So, I think what will happen is that... <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I don't think... I don't think Kyoshi's Avatar State is as controlled as she thinks... Um, and they can still find a way to like try and kill her, but I think it'll get to a point where Yoon has like a killing, uh, a killing strike he can do, and Jianju has to decide whether to kill Yoon or to or let him kill Kiyoshi, and he has to make the hard decision to kill Yoon before he can kill Kiyoshi. And this brings kind of things back. It, it's a like he has to undo all the training so that he did waste all his life. Um, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. We've mostly reconciled exactly where the first book would have 
ended except for Yoon is dead and Janju is alive. Yeah, and Janju. I mean, not that wait, we have to still, care about the second uh, book. Yeah, I think Janju is still. He probably kills one of her parents. Well, Janju is a great needs... villain too, so I don't even have an issue with. Yeah, like, he is. If Yoon is. If he's if Janju's not necessarily like quote unquote the villain in the first book in the thorough sense, I'm kind of okay with that yeah. if he goes through to a second book. And I don't think anything will deter him from trying to get Kyoshi. And so I think he gets probably beat and they don't she doesn't kill him. But I think he gets beat. And I think he keeps coming back and trying to I think he comes back with more reinforcements he like gets some type of uh military team to go after the avatar um and eventually kiyoshi will have to kill him yeah eventually so ooh, he brings in okay so he brings in his own his old fire nation buddy which is a heyron and she brings along Rongi. And that's where Rongi comes into the story. Uh, and then, you know, they continue to try and get Kyoshi. And then, but like, what does Kyoshi do? There's this lovely Fire Nation girl who has her feeling all fluttery. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think we could manufacture some kind of touch points with Rongi earlier too and then when you know they run into each mm. other at the end there yeah. it's like oh that's that girl i like <laughs> Shit. yeah right and then you got to build this thing up of like hey they're trying to murder your family and then hey just leave me alone like janju's not gonna stop until he's killed and eventually i think rangi and her mother will see that janju was over the line and uh, and it was fine for Kyoshi to kill him in this sense, and I think she does eventually kill him, or maybe Heyron kills him, because I think that's somewhat poetic. Like kind of this whole group of people, this whole like group of friends have just killed each other and dissolved each other, all because the Avatar went missing and, and died early. Like, not, like the Avatar, I guess, was the glue to this group. And like it teaches like Kyoshi to to learn from her past lives. That's pretty and poetic. To justice. People around her. I think that's good poetry. Eventually, she's yeah. And then I think she. I don't think anyone at that point. No one's like. We gotta control the Avatar. Because I feel like in every single story, whether it's like Yang Chen, uh, Korra. People are always trying to train and control the Avatar. And the Avatar is so important. Like, what happens when the Avatar isn't like... Yeah, the Avatar is out to do good in the world. Also, she doesn't answer the people. She's not like... Has to stand on ceremony. And... (laughs) Sorry, I think about Bane. We don't have to stand on ceremony here. We, Mr. Wayne... I think anytime you can incorporate Bane into our Avatar what ifs, I would say that's a win. Um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of how the story ends. The story ends with, probably, I don't know, I forgot whether I said when Akiyoshi's parents dies or not. I don't think that matters as much. I think at least one of them lives. 
or both. Um, and I think a lot of members of the Flying Arbor Company, at least two of them have been killed at this point. Um, I forgot her name. The Waterbender girl, she's probably just like, Jonji probably chopped off her arm, if we're honest. And that was, yeah. I think at one point he did that to her, or Yoon. Probably Yoon. Because that guy's sicko. Um, and then, so it ends with Kyoshi with her parents. Um, figuring out that she needs to actively shape the world that she wants to see. And she's seen a lot. Like, her parents aren't thieves because they love thieving. They're thieves because they have to. She wants to build a world where they don't have to be thieves, where everyone is taken care of. Um, Actually, like I said, I like how that path panned out because we still hit most of the good story points that we loved anyway in the book to begin with. So it didn't feel like we sacrificed anything to go back and be like, listen, Kyoshi's parents, uh, <laughs> if you wouldn't I'm mind. Glad we went down, <laughs> I'm glad we went down uh, the route we went down. I think it, yeah, I think it made for a pretty good, uh, pretty good, interesting story, just the thought process of it. I'd read it, absolutely. 10 out of 10, would read that yeah. book. Um, uh, Real quick, the other path that we were talking about was like if Kyoshi's parents didn't give her up because they felt like they weren't good enough to to raise her. I think in that case, they would flat out be like, "We need to go talk to like some sage or someone, tell them that our daughter they, is the avatar." So it would have uh, they she would have been under Jianju and Kelsung a lot earlier and. But the parents would still be around, and and uh, and they would probably be fairly, maybe a little bit well off, uh, but still like, still probably Kyoshi ever like this Jianju guy. He doesn't seem to understand what the world needs. Like there might be a little bit of confrontation between them two, but I don't think it will. It would um, be as interesting of a story. Probably still come up against you. Um, yeah, she'll probably meet Rangi a lot earlier. That's interesting. I, and Yoon will never be, Yoon will be stuck in some random Earth Kingdom village trying to uh, gamble with people. It's a much less, uh, like the, the conflict to climax portion of the story would be way less interesting because you're not dealing with like criminal turning avatar. You're dealing with just like... Mm-hmm like any kind of parents that maybe, you know, like we don't chorus parents were probably like good people that then tried to raise an avatar. It's like, well, these would just be formerly bad people, parents, but now trying to raise an avatar like good people. So maybe it wouldn't be that interesting at all. Yeah. Parents change when they have kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, I assume. Yeah. I not, to put, not to put, not to put my dad on blast, but, uh, he sold drugs. <laughs> Gotta put food uh, on the table. What's up? Yeah. Well, it was like I think he was. I think he probably stopped when he was like twenty one or something. But one time I had this conversation with my dad, and I was so that might have mentioned this to you before. We we're talking about something. I was like, "Oh yeah, I've never done drugs before." He was like, "Well, you know, that's a good thing and a bad thing." I was like, what are you talking about? It's a good thing. He's like, well, "What if you're like at a party or something? People are passing around something. You don't know what it is." I'm like, "I don't. I don't take it." <laughs> 
Well, you just you just I don't, pass. I, I don't use. It. I just keep. I just pass it to. Oh, I don't. To I don't the next touch. Person. I, I'm just. Yeah. I appreciate that's where he went with it, though. Like identification purposes. <laughs> I was like, you should be proud. of me. I just defended. You should be said. like, good job. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me. There's. I think my dad only probably. Was, uh, there's the SNL skits with Shallon that sound familiar to you? Uh, I don't know. She's like the kid, but like always misinterpreting things that classroom guests say. Anyway, um, I think oh, yeah. it's uh, I can't even think of his um, Seth. Seth, what's his name? Seth Rogen. He's like Seth a guest. Myers. Spe- uh, oh, okay. No, I no, think Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like a guest speaker in these kids' classroom. Trying, he's like a police officer trying to convince them not to do drugs, but it ends up like this kid Shallon sort of gets it misinterpreted till that she's only supposed to do crack. <laughs> like it's they're like, okay, what they offer you other drugs? She'd be like, no thanks, I only do crack. And there's a few of them like that, but that's what that makes me think of. Is like, listen, I don't do drugs unless I can identify it positively as crack cocaine, and then I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Listen, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't uh, think that's an interesting yeah. path to pursue. And also, Chris, we've been talking for an hour fifteen. So, <laughs> oh, holy crap! I know, man. Uh, well, uh, no, but I think the first path we hit was the right path, anyway. Yeah, I liked it, especially because I like it when I come with a random story, what if, and I'm like, I have no idea where this is going to go, if it'll even be interesting. And I found this one to be really interesting. Um, yeah, and I just, I appreciate that we didn't have to sac- like, we didn't have to make that many story sacrifices, really. We still got pretty much what we liked, and then added in some new stuff. That's pretty yeah. good. I'm, I'm really, I, I really like the idea of Yoon. That, that once, I said scene, as if we wrote it. <laughs> but it, there's a I scene recall in this head. one scene I constructed 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Out loud of, and of Yoon, paper. Of, yeah, of Yoon looking up at Kyoshi in the Avatar State, like and just understanding what he's feeling in that moment. So, um, well, hey, good thought, good idea, fun exercise. We got another Kyoshi topic. Maybe we'll touch with a what if someday. And if you have your own what if ideas you'd like us to talk about, put those down in the comments. We'd appreciate it. Also, if you're willing. If you got a moment to spare, um, like, subscribe, thumbs up, comments, tell us how you feel, rate us, whatever you're willing to spare us, we appreciate it. In the meantime, my name's Sean. That down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. This is Avatar The Last Podcasters. Thank you very much for hanging out with us, and we will see you next week. I'm cold. I got goosebumps. No, those goosebumps are from the thrill of a great story. Oh, yeah. Or also from the cold. It could be either. Could be both. Could be both. Could be both.